Okay, let's do this. So for those of you guys that have been listening to Cat on the Loose since the first season, you know the story, but here's the scoop. On season one, I started dating a guy and he turned out to be the biggest creepo in the freaking world. So I decided to do an episode about it, although we only had a few dates. Then months later, I was dating a super nice, conservative, much older Italian man. And he listened to the Creepo episode, which was definitely X-rated. And he freaked out, kicked and screamed at me, told me to delete it. And story short, I was very nervous. I wanted to make my boyfriend happy. So I just went and deleted it. But of course, a few days later, I regretted it. And we ended up breaking up. Um, now, two years, almost two years later, I decided to re-record it. Number one, because I feel that any man in the world that will be with me should be 100% supportive of my work, of any of my projects, whatever I do. Number two, because I think as a woman, I need to stand up for what I believe in. And if I told a story that I think somebody out there can relate, that I think can be important, useful to anyone out there, guess what? I have the right to tell the story without a guy calling me a whore, calling me a prostitute, calling me a porn star, and demanding I delete the episode. So this has been in my mind throughout all of the seasons. And I thought, you know what? So many of you guys wrote me messages. Where is the episode? Where is the creepo episode? Where is it? What? Where is it? What happened to it? I decided to re-record it. So here it comes, the Creepo episode. And yes, it is a little bit, it's not even that much, that bad in terms of being X-rated. But if you get easily offended, if we talk about sex, leave the room. And this is my suggestion. Buy a vibrator, feel comfortable with your sexuality, feel comfortable, normalize women talking about sex. It's not that big of a deal. Guys do it all the time, every day, and nobody thinks nothing of it. So here it goes, the creepo deleted episode. <laughs> okay, so this is the story. Um, I had started the podcast just a few months before. It was summer, the beginning of the summer of 2020. We were just starting to deal with COVID. I had broken up with my boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. And basically, this guy found me on Facebook. And he was texting me and texting me and texting me literally for months. It was many, many months of just texting before I even agreed to meet him. And basically, on Facebook, he sounded like a super nice guy, professional, not great looking, not this man that you say, wow, he's good looking. But for those of you that know me, he was much older than me. And in the past, I was always attracted to much older men. But basically, he was put together, uh, well-dressed. He had three kids. Uh, a daughter. He lived in a really nice area in Miami, successful, nice conversation, educated. So I thought, okay, I'll give this a chance. So after many months of talking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, I kind of felt like I knew him. He said, hey, how about you come over to my place and I'll do us some 
I'll, I'll, we'll drink some wine and we'll eat some cheese and we'll just get to know each other. It's like, okay. So anyways, I make my way to his place and yeah, I get there. It's a super nice apartment. He was a lot shorter in person than uh, the pictures. So I was kind of really, really scrawny looking. Of course, I like thin men, but not too thin, not too scrawny. So in the pictures, he looked like beefier and he looked taller. So when I saw him in front of me, he looked a lot older and way skinnier. I was like, wow, you know, I was I was not happily surprised. Let's put it that way. But he dressed really nicely and the apartment was great. And then he walks me into the living room and he made this gorgeous, gorgeous cheese platter, which is something that I love. And he opened a bottle of wine and he put some great music and we were talking and talking and talking. And the conversation was really flowing for many, many hours. So towards the end of the night, we end up kissing and I was really open about my whole life with him. Like I am with all of my dates and he knew that I wasn't looking for a one night stand, that I was looking for a relationship, that I'm not a teenager anymore, that I don't want to just have sex for having sex, that I was looking for somebody with substance. And he looks at me and says the same thing. I'm looking for somebody with substance myself. I've been married and my marriage was horrible, blah, blah, blah. And I'll tell you guys in a minute the story that he told me about his ex-girlfriend, which was the first red flag, but of course, in the beginning, I ignored it. So wine and wine and wine and wine. At the end of the night, he kisses me. And, oh, I forgot to tell you guys, like, a super important part. That's how naive I am. When I walked into his apartment, he's like, oh, I'm going to show you around. So it wasn't that a huge apartment. It was like a, a, a two-bedroom apartment, but it was nice. So he's walking me around and he shows me his bedroom. And there is a professional <laughs> massage table right in the bedroom, in front of the bed. And this building where he lived at is this huge apartment complex that has a fancy five-star spa, restaurants, everything. So I look at him and I'm like, wow, how cool. So you get the masseuse to come and do massages on you in your bedroom. <laughs> and he just looked at me. You guys are going to understand why I was so naive in, in a minute when I finished the story. Um, so he shows me the apartment. I'm thinking, wow, that's what a great lifestyle. <laughs> So anyways, three hours into this and two bottles of wine and 10 million pieces of cheese and conversation come and go, come and go. He kisses me and we're making out on the couch. And then he's like, well, would you like a massage? And I look at him like, what do you mean you give massages? You know, oh yeah, no, I'm a great masseuse. I love giving a massage. As a matter of fact, I have the special massage oil. Would you like me to give you a massage? <laughs> of course I couldn't resist. I'm like, sure. So we walk to his bedroom and he tells me, well, obviously this is going to be an X-rated massage because I want you to take your clothes off. And this is my number one X-rated confession. I love watching porn to masturbate. And I know a lot of people say porn is bad, porn is bad, porn is bad. And I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, but as a woman, a single woman that doesn't have sex all the time, 
doesn't have multiple partners. If I'm not in a relationship, I love masturbating. It relieves my stress. It makes me feel great. I think it's really great for your skin. So I'm a big advocate for women master masturbating. And as a matter of fact, I think most women out there are so uptight about it. If they found out how great it is and how normal it is, they would be much happier. But anyways, um, so I watch porn when I mastur masturbate. And one of my fantasies always was looking at these videos that the girl is getting a massage naked in bed and the guy goes from a regular massage to touching her boobs and then he puts his hand in between her legs and on her butt and sticks his finger on her and then it becomes sexual and she comes on the massage table and it always turned me on big 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 time and i never did it in real life so when this guy tells me oh i'm gonna give you an x-rated massage i'm like you know what i'm gonna go for it i want to leave this fantasy i cannot believe this is happening to me so when we get into his bedroom the whole mood is set super sexy songs candlelight he really looked not like a bedroom it looked like a, a massage parlor a high-end massage parlor then he goes in the kitchen and he heats up this massage oil so i take off my clothes and i lay down naked on the bed and sure enough he starts massaging me and putting his hands all over me and it's insanely great I'm like in heaven. Of course, I want you guys to remember at this point, I was super, super drunk and I don't come when I'm drunk, but I felt amazing. I loved it. And I like men's hands. Uh, that's like the number one thing that I look at a man that I date is the hands. And the guy had nice hands as much as he was much older and, and skinnier and everything. When he started touching me, it felt really, really good. And he's doing it for a long time. Like he's really enjoying it and milking it. And I'm just laying there in paradise. Of course, unfortunately, I'm faking that I'm coming because I didn't want to hurt his feelings because he's going through all this trouble massaging me for like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. And I knew my body. I'm, I'm like, there is no inhale. I'm going to come after three bottles of wine. But anyways, the point is, it was really, really great. So after this massage and after he thinks I came, we moved to bed. And once we moved to bed, it was super disappointing because he couldn't get it up. And this is the second X-rated part that I talked about on this episode. I think, and a lot of my guy friends agree, Men, if you're not teenagers, after your 20s, you should know your body. You should know what to do with your body, especially if you're dating a hot girl. And obviously, this guy had set up this whole thing. He knew, oh, I'm going to take her to bed. I'm going to do the massage, da, 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 da. Hey, if you know that you, I, most men, if they drink too much, they can get it up. It's fine. But then you either drink less or maybe you take a Viagra or a Cialis. I mean, honestly, I was super, super annoyed. That had never happened to me before. And we were there forever and ever and ever. And I'm like, oh, like at this point, of course, I'm, I'm being massaged. I'm drunk. The mood is fantastic. I'm with this guy that I, I thought at the time I liked. 
and he can't get it up. He can't get it up. And you know when the guy keeps trying to have sex with you and the dick is limp? It's insanely frustrating. And to me, and I think to most girls out there, girls let me know, it's frustrating because the guys like make him believe he can do it and he knows he can't. So anyways, the sex was super disappointing. After that, um, he tells me to sleep over, which I thought was nice because I was drunk and it was super late. So I slept over in the morning. I wake up really, really early to go home because I had left my dog at home and he, he wakes up with me. He was super nice, gives me a doggy bag with food to take home and walks me to my car. And then he looks at me and says, oh, this was so amazing. Do you want to come back? I think this date was like on a Wednesday or something like that. Tuesday and Wednesday, he's like, oh, please, let's plan for Friday. So I'm like, wow, okay. So as I'm driving home, I'm really happy because I'm thinking, wow, we had a really nice night. Although sex wasn't great, but maybe the guy was nervous. Maybe he drank too much. I can't believe he already invited me for a second date. I think that's a huge gentleman-y thing to do. So I was excited about it. So, okay, I go on another date and the second date, the pretty much the same story. He orders a bunch of great food. We drink wine. We fool around on the couch. Again, he's like, do you want another massage? I'm like, hey, why not? You want to give me a massage? Give me a massage. He gives me an amazing massage. So as I'm on the bed, I'm on the massage table, I'm thinking, at least I am making one of my sexual fantasies come true, which I think we all should do, right? And again, when we go to bed, huge disappointment. This guy cannot get hard. It's half hard. And sex with him is super disappointing because I'm a girl that, well, first of all, of course, I love sex with the, my man. I love giving blowjobs. It really, really, really turns me on. To me, it's not a job at all. It's one of my biggest pleasures, if not my bigger, biggest pleasure. And I was frustrated. And I'm thinking like, why the hell doesn't this guy know what to do with his body? If he knows he's going to drink a lot, if he knows he can get hard because he's older, you know, take a freaking pill, do something. But anyways, again, I sleep over and again, I go home. And the next day, he tells me that it's his birthday in a few days. And he says, oh, I'm doing like this very intimate dinner for my best friends. And it's my birthday. And I really would like you to come and have dinner with us. And I'm like, wow, sure. Thank you for inviting me. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I think he likes me because he keeps inviting me back and it's his birthday and he's going to introduce me to his best friends so i was super happy about it and the day of his birthday it was on a friday like towards the end of may he calls me and he's like oh do you want to come over earlier and you can help me cook you can help me prep so i did all of those things i get there earlier and we're cooking together and we're organizing everything. And then all these friends come, a bunch of couples, and they're all insanely nice people, super, super nice people. And we're all getting along. We have a fabulous night. And then when it's around 9.30, it's not even that late, right? He kicks his friends out like, okay, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
And he looks at me, he's like, oh, now our my party is going to start because I really just wanted to be with you. So I'm thinking, wow, I can't believe it. He kicked his friends out. He invited me for his birthday. We have another great night. Always the same thing. The massage table is fabulous. The guy is really good at it. Great hands. Once we go to bed, um, limpish, kind of soft dick. Um, he doesn't really know what to do. He comes kind of fast. I mean, just not great. But because I liked him so much overall, and at this point, I'm still thinking he's such a freaking gentleman, I decided to overlook the fact that sex wasn't even that great. Okay, so for, after his birthday, I go back there. So we are like five dates into this. Going there, going there, going there. So this was the sixth date. Same story. We have dinner. We drink wine. We talk a lot. We make out on the couch. And this day he tells me, oh, by the way, I have a brownie laced with pots. Sometimes I like doing that. Do you want to do that with me? Normally, I have nothing against pot, guys. Nothing against pot heads. I have smoked my share of pot in my life. But honestly, it's not really my thing. I don't love it. But I was with the guy. We're drinking wine. We're making out. I thought, okay, this is my guy. I said, sure, let's eat your freaking pot. So he gets the, the muffin with pot, the brownie. And we're sitting there eating the brownie, kissing, da-da-da. And again, he's like, I got to take you to your massage table. So at this point, not only I'm drunk, <laughs> but I am high. I am really, really high on this brownie laced with pot. And I'm on the massage table. And we are talking, I don't even remember exactly about what. We're talking about sex and we're talking about relationships. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is so nice. I can't believe it. And he, out of the blue, out of the blue, I'm face down. I hope you guys can picture this in your heads. Face down in a massage table, greased up with massage oil, high as a kite, drunk, horny, of course, because this guy's massaging every little bit of my body. He's sticking his fingers on me. And he blurts out, oh, by the way, I think you know, right, that I'm a free spirit. And I was like, huh? Uh, what do you mean? And that with my face down. Well, you know, I'm a free spirit. I never want to have a relationship again. I never want to have a girlfriend again. I had a horrible marriage. My wife tried to control me. I thought I told you that. <laughs> and at this point, my brain is trying to function and understand what's going on. I'm like, excuse me? And I'm still laying in bed, face down, and he's still massaging me while he's telling me this shit. And then he goes on and on like, yeah, well, basically, I want to date whoever the hell I want. I want to bring whoever the hell I want here. And I want to make sure I tell you. Didn't I tell you before? And so I kind of slowly turn around. And in my fog, I'm like, what? Uh, are you trying to tell me? that okay i'm here tuesdays and fridays and when i'm not here you're still 
trying to meet other women and you're bringing them here in between. He's like, yeah, I'll bring whoever I want. If I meet somebody that I'm interested in, I'm a free spirit. I want to go out with as many girls as I possibly want to. I don't want to have anything, any kind of relationship, any kind of commitment to anyone. And I look at him, I, so I sit on the table. <laughs> it's the, one of the most awkward, if not the most awkward moment in my entire life. I sit on the table, I'm like, are you really serious? You wait to have all these dates with me. You introduce me to your best friends. I'm greased up, horny, high as a kite, getting a massage in your sexy massage table. And you decide to tell me that you're bringing multiple women here to get massages. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought I had to tell you that. I'm really sorry. I don't want to hurt your feelings. So I get off of the table and it's like, oh, so I think this is over now. And I'm like, um, talk about killing the mood. And the cripple goes on and on and on. He doesn't stop. As I'm like getting dressed, I'm trying to find a town. Like I, I didn't even know what's going on. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I cannot go home right now because... I'm drunk. I don't want to get arrested driving drunk. And he continues to tell me the same phrase over and over again. No, I really like you. You're amazing. You're an amazing girl. But I'm a free spirit. I want, And I'm like, what does this even mean? What does it mean? You're like 58 or something, 57. And you, what does, oh, it means, like I said, you know, I want to have the freedom to bring as many women as I want. And date, and I'm like, are you fucking serious? That is so <laughs> disgusting. That is so disrespectful. This is shit you tell people when you start dating. We had this conversation for months and months and months uh, via text message. Then we met. The day we met, we talked for hours. And you told me you wanted the same thing, that you were tired of the games, that you were tired of fucking around, that you wanted a really nice girl to make plans with, to date, to do all these fun things that we're doing. And now six days into it and I'm drunk, I'm not even thinking straight. And in my most vulnerable position, you decide to tell me that it's a ro rotating door. So this massage table is kind of like a bait. It's a rotating door of women that fall for this shit. It's like, yeah, pretty much it's like all the girls like massages. They think it's super cool. It makes them feel special. And I wanted to throw up. And this is the most humiliating part of the whole thing. I was really, really drunk. I was high, which is something I very, very rarely do. So he looks at me like, obviously you can't go home like this. And yeah, I agreed because I didn't want to get arrested because this guy is being an asshole. So he's like, oh, you can sleep over. So I lay on his bed and in my fog, he lays on his bed with me. <laughs> and he looks at me, he's like, well, since you're here and you're naked, we might as well just have sex. And I'm like, dude, don't even freaking try go sleep on the couch. I was already turned off uh, in terms of having sex with him before this even happened. And when that happened, I was like, oh, this is so, you know, when something was too good to be true, 
he seemed like he was such a gentleman. He seemed like he was so polite and so full of it and so successful. There you go. He was the biggest fucking creeper. Who the hell does that to women? He wasn't like a 20-something-year-old. He was like this 50-something-year-old. And he waited, <coughs> first of all, not only many dates into it, but who the hell does that to someone when they are that vulnerable? Drunk, naked, in your hands, in your bedroom. That was like just so insanely disgusting. So I barely slept, of course. I think I napped. And I kept looking at my phone. And I, I remember thinking, oh, the minute it's a little bit of daylight and I feel half as sober, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And I never want to see this asshole again. Sure enough, when it was like around 5.30 in the morning, I get up, I put my clothes on. And then he came to the door and he's like, oh, I hope you're not mad at me. I'm so sorry. I said, look, I'm not mad at you. I'm disgusted. Uh, and I don't think I have anything else to say to you. And I just banged the door and I left. And that was the last time I saw him. But this story, uh, he's even a little creepier and a little more disgusting than this. There is one extra thing about this asshole. So this is the parenthesis in the story. When I started dating him, I think the first or second date, of course, we were talking about past relationships and everything. And he told me he had a girlfriend for, I think, a little over a year. And I said, why did you guys break up? And he told me, well, you know, she was a really nice girl. She had a bunch of kids, but she wasn't book smart. She wasn't very intelligent. She just had the street smart. And, you know, my daughter is studying to be an attorney. I would never introduce a woman like that to my daughter. And then he gave me an example of something that this ex-girlfriend said wrong or wrote wrong that I don't even remember what it was. At the time, I just thought, wow, I can't believe he's saying that about a girlfriend. Why would you date someone for over a year and say, oh, she was so nice, blah, 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 but she wasn't smart enough. I thought it was kind of arrogant, but I didn't say anything because people are entitled to their opinion. But he's talked a lot of trash about this girl, that she was not up his league, that his kids would never approve, that he would be embarrassed to introduce her to his friends, that he knew throughout the entire relationship that she was wrong for him, but he kept feeling sorry for her. And, you know, I just, I, I felt sorry for this girl as, as I was listening to his story. And again, I kept saying, why would you date somebody for over a year? Bring them to your home and everything. Make them, allow them to think that you like them if you know they're wrong for you. Oh, again, you know, I felt sorry. I tried to break up a few times and she got some hurt and she begged, but I knew that that wasn't going to go anywhere. I need someone sophisticated. I need somebody classy, blah, blah, blah. Now, this is what you guys are not going to believe. After this embarrassing, awful episode on the massage table, when this idiot told me I'm a free spirit, blah, 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 blah. After that, um, I found out that 
this is how he found me on Facebook because I know the ex-girlfriend. Me and the ex-girlfriend are friends on Facebook and we know each other in real life. We had a common friend in Miami. So when he was dating this girl, he was snooping around Facebook and a few months later, whatever, he found me and he started texting me, but he did not tell me, oh, you know, my ex-girlfriend. So when I found out that I knew her, I was like, oh my God, because she's the nicest girl in the world. I don't know her that well, but honestly, she's sweet as pie, super nice, hardworking, and I don't even think it matters if you're formally educated or not educated. I think the character and the ethics of the person are what matter. And I felt 10 million times worse when I found out that I knew this girl. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is such a freaking creeple. He was probably cheating on her the whole time. The same way that he had me on the massage table one day and another girl on the next and another girl on the next because this guy is a freaking narcissist pig. So I told the girl the story. Oh my God, hi, Baba, you're not going to believe this. I went on a bunch of dates with this guy and I had no freaking idea that you knew him. I'm so sorry because we're not friends, but we were friendly. So she listened to the podcast episode and she sends me a message like, I believe you. I believe that everything you're saying is true. Obviously, it's true because I have zero reason to come up with this crazy story about this a-hole. And then he sends me a nasty message like, oh, my God, why did you talk to her? Why did you do this episode? By the way, I never name names. There is nothing on the episode that can identify the person because I think everybody's entitled to their privacy. But hey, it's a story that happened to me. I think it's a story that is valid to a lot of girls out there. If you're dating creeples, if you see the red flags, don't ignore it. I think I really ignored because, listen, I'm not 18. So when I walk into a guy's apartment and there's this massage table there, the whole setup there, and another red flag, he never took me out on a date, like to a restaurant or anything. All the dates were in his apartment, like on the bait, bait. Apartment, living room, massage table, bed. So I think it's important to tell stories like that because we learn from such stories. We learn that there are men, disgusting men like that in the world. <coughs> Sorry, guys. <coughs> Sorry. I don't have COVID. I'm just a little allergic. <laughs> but anyways, so I did tell her the story. And of course, I blocked him. I never talked to him again. I never saw him again. And at the end of the day, I feel sorry for all the girls that come across a creeple like that. Because listen, a, a lot of men just want um, sex with multiple partners and they want one night stands. It's fine. They're entitled to it. Even this pig is entitled to it. The problem I have is tell the woman up front. Don't lie about it. Like we were texting for months and months and months and months. And he literally lied all of these months 
that he wanted a relationship, that he wanted somebody serious, that I looked so amazing, that I seemed like a serious person, that he wanted an intelligent woman like I am, a woman that works, da 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 da. And then even when we started dating, he puts me in the situation, he introduced me to all his friends. And then I was wondering, do all your friends know of your lifestyle, quote unquote, that you have a revolving door of women? I was worried about my health. I went to get to the doctor to get tested for all kinds of diseases because I always freak out like I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to sick. Thank God I didn't catch anything. But still I thought, and, and the way he told me the truth, he waited for the moment that, like I said, I was insanely vulnerable. I wasn't in my right mind. I was drunk. I was high. So I thought that was very, very disgusting, very unethical of him. And the sad part is he has a daughter. And I think men that have daughters should behave even extra, extra nice and be even more respectful towards women because it could be your daughter in this situation. It could be an asshole, embarrassing, humiliating, treating your daughter like that. So anyways, I believe in karma. I don't know what what the hell happened to this guy because obviously I blocked him all over the place on Facebook and everything. And I hope this girl that I know that he was dating before, I don't know what happened to her either. By the way, I did send her a message a few days ago on Facebook telling her, I'm going to re-record the episode about the cripple. If you want to come and join me and chime in and give me your opinion or tell me your experience with him, you're welcome to. But she has not answered me yet, but it's an open invitation. So if she answers me, it would be amazing to have an episode with her. But in any event, I don't know anything about her life, what's going on, but I hope to God she found somebody a million times nicer than him because she is an amazing woman. Not only she's gorgeous on the outside, but she's gorgeous, beautiful on the inside. So hardworking, so sweet, and I adore her. And of course, I never would have dated him if I knew that he was her ex-boyfriend. My loyalty would have been to her. But anyway, that was the Creepo episode. Here it is again. I will not delete it again. It's not even that X-rated, right? It's not that bad. (laughs) And that was a long time ago. And I hope this is the message I send to men and women out there. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Play fair, clean. If all you want to do is bang someone, have sex with multiple partners, have one-night stands, tell them. Because there are a lot of people out there that want the same. Don't fool somebody into thinking you are starting something, you are really into that woman, and then when they are at their most vulnerable situation, you drop that bomb in their head. That was awful. Now I look back and I laugh about it, but honestly, the next morning when I was driving home, I was like, Jesus, mother of God, why in the hell do I get tangled up with such creeps? But moving on, so uh, Friday, I'm interviewing this lady I'm super, super excited about. She started her own podcast a few months ago. Her name is Desiree Simone. She's also known as the Boozy Beast, Beastie, the Boozy Bestie, <laughs> sorry. I'm only had, I only had one glass of wine, by the way, the Boozy Bestie. And she does talk about sex, dating, and relationships on her podcast. 
and she's engaged to her co-host. So I can't wait to ask her the, the dynamics of dating and working together. Uh, Valentine's Day is approaching. So we're going to talk about Valentine's Day. By the way, I hope you guys go back to season one because I still dare anyone to tell me a worst story than my Valentine's Day story. I think I have the worst, worst, worst Valentine's Day experience of anybody on this planet. It's right there on season one, Valentine's Day from hell. So I hope you guys listen to it. But anyway, I I'm going to talk to Desiree about the pressure that a lot of women, a lot of guys feel. And if you're single, do you get sad? Do you get depressed? What can you do about it? There is so, so much that we're going to talk about on Friday. So don't miss Can on the Loose Friday. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And hey, like always, DM me your opinions. If you want to participate, if you have a story to tell, this is a 100% organic, never edited platform to all of us uh, to try to figure out this crazy world about sex, dating, and relationships. And sometimes I talk to men and they're like, oh my God, you're an expert. You're an expert. And again, it's exactly the opposite. I am not an expert by any means. I'm just a woman who was married for a long time and I'm trying to navigate this crazy, crazy, crazy world. And obviously I don't know what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I learn a lot from you guys and I hope you get something out of this for you and all these experiences. So have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll see you guys here on Friday. Love you.